Okay, we are live at the Lucky Duck here. Um, we are your hosts, Chase and Miles Anderson. Yo, what's up? What's happening? Today we have <clears throat> Mitt Romney on the podcast. So, yes, hello. Hey, Mitt. <laughs> nah, obviously not. Um, so, Erica Rowe, right? Uh, Sure. Is that how you say your last name? Um, that's not my last name. It's my Facebook last name. Oh, it's okay. My alias. What, what? So what? Oh, do we want to keep it that way? Uh, sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Erica Rowe has uh, is all. Where did you come from? Florida? Is that Florida, right? Florida, Ocala, Florida. Mm-hmm. Nice. The epicenter of the epidemic mm-hmm. or pandemic, I should say. That's yeah. a bigger, bigger than the epidemic yep. type thing. It's worldwide. Widespread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, widespread. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Uh, so, Erica, tell us what you do in Florida. I am a nurse in the emergency room. Nice. Yeah. Is it uh, a specific emergency room? Like, is there t- different types of emergency rooms? Yeah, there's like trauma centers or like pediatric ones. It's just, it's not a trauma center and it's mostly adults because I live close to the villages. So. Oh, yeah. snap. So that's a double whammy. That kind of yeah. sounds like. Yes. Because old people, COVID-19. Yeah, uh-huh. we were really concerned at first because we were like, all of these people are going to be really freaking sick from it. Right. Because um, they all have so many comorbidities, but it's not been terrible. So. And it wasn't terrible to begin with? Has it gotten worse? It has gotten worse. Um, at the beginning, like in March, when we did the lockdown and stuff, we... Like, weren't even getting our full-time hours. Like, people were afraid to go to the hospital. So, um, but then everything started to open up again. And we saw a ton, like, a huge increase in cases. Um, But it started to die down some. But there's still, like, several a day, I would say. Interesting. Yeah. I should mention, we are drinking Old Fashions right now. And this uh, podcast (laughs) is... Filmed and taped at the Lucky Duck Bar, um, a bar that I made. It's in my basement. Um, kind of has a old tradition back in oh, all the way in college, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, kind of a gathering spot for all of our friends, and kind of created this cool little friend culture. So we thought we'd start this podcast by inviting some of those old friends and some new friends and telling stories about their lives and what they do. Um, so yeah, welcome for all you listeners out there. Um, so Erica, uh, like Miles was saying, it kind of got like a little crazy. Like a lot of people were saying like, oh my God, we were on the brink of collapse. Um, you know, there's like utter chaos in, in the hospitals. Can you relate to those like kind of statements? Um, not as dramatically as like New York or in the bigger cities like that. Um, I can't even imagine, honestly, what it was like there. But um, we, as much as we are busy now, like, the department is overflowing. They're begging us to work. But um, we're not nearly, like, seeing the amount of COVIDs, the acuity of, like, COVID patients. So um, I would say I cannot speak to that at all. (laughs) People, like, throw out this statistic, like, like Miami for a while was like we're at ninety eight percent capacity in ICU beds. Did you guys get anywhere near that? Like um, at your ER? Yeah, so we have two ICUs. We have one that was like a clean ICU, so COVID negative patients but still ICU acuity. 
um, and then one ICU that was for COVID positives. Um, and it, at one point it was it completely full, um, but our ICU is only, I think, 15 or 16 beds. Mm-hmm. So, Is it a small ICU? Um, I mean, I think compared to other ICUs, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about like your, um, like give us like a brief overview of like how you became an ER nurse. Like you mentioned to me, um, before the podcast that you were, you kind of started in this position, um, where you are in like January, which is like kind of crazy because everybody at that point was like hoping this wouldn't get worse. And we heard a lot of different conflicting like information coming in saying it like, kind of was going to go away a lot of people thought maybe it wasn't and we're all just kind of all very confused so um yeah give us a little bit of background on how you became a nurse yeah um so actually when we were in school at FSU I randomly went to EMT school which I never planned to do in my life um and then I started working in an ER there and I haven't stopped um so I worked in the ER for like six years before I became a nurse Um, And like you said, I just graduated and took my boards and everything in January, which at the time, like, coronavirus wasn't a thing. Like, that was not on the radar at all. Um, And then in March, here we are. So it was a learning (laughs) curve for sure. Yeah. So um, deaths are a big thing in the older population. I'm, I'm sure, like, your ER is no exception to that. Have you guys seen a lot of, like, deaths or have you witnessed it's kind of a sensitive situation or uh, topic but have you is, is there any like traumatizing things that you've witnessed that are COVID related or is it kind of just you, you don't really see that right now um in Florida? I wouldn't say that um there's been any like really dramatic COVID related deaths um I mean they do happen but like I said the population is so old with comorbidities and all these other issues that it's not like something new um that we're experiencing and they kind of present the same as they would with their respiratory issues that they have anyways are you are you seeing patients dying from it who are healthy or younger um no i don't think so not that i have seen at least on my show can we get this out of the way real quick is it a hoax <laughs> Coronavirus yeah. is very real. Okay, people, right. please wear your mask. <laughs> um, it's funny when you when you first got here. I I, I was joking with you because Florida has such a high uh, um, high case rate um, comparatively uh, to Colorado. I was like, this is a mask. This is how you <laughs> like. This is what we wear here to make sure it doesn't. Um, do you do you see like a lot of people? wearing masks just in general when you're out in public in Florida or Orlando more specifically? Um, so people wear them in the grocery stores because they have to, but like I've noticed being here in Colorado, like we don't wear our mask from the front door to the table or like if we get up to go to the bathroom, we don't do that. Like in my area at least. Um, also I noticed today, like if we go into a gas station for something really quickly, like people don't wear their masks, Mm -hmm. which they Mm -hmm. did here. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, are the bars open? Um, so they're not s- supposed to be. I think mm-hmm. I I'm not very up to date with it. But yeah. they had opened back up and then they closed again. But I still see bars like locally advertising and being open all the time. So if they serve food, probably is that? Yeah, but there's even like speakeasies and stuff that are like, mm-hmm. uh, fuck it, come on!" Like interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that a lot of the 
local officials, like mayors, are not really taking it so serious? Um, yeah. So the county I live in, the mayor actually, um, like, put out a couple statements, and he was like, don't call us if you think they're not following the rules or businesses are open that shouldn't be open. Uh, we're not going to call anyone. We're not going to report it. Like, we don't, we don't really care that much. Mm. Um, we haven't had, like, a mask mandate or anything. It's not, it's really not, like, anything like Colorado. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, PPE for a mm-hmm. second. Um, I'm interested to get your insight on as to like the level of protection that you wear now versus like pre COVID is that, have you seen like a drastic difference in, in like what you're required to wear now in the, in the ER versus like pre COVID? Yeah, absolutely. So like pre COVID we would not wear like surgical masks at all really. Um, but now you have to wear one, Anytime you're in the hospital, so like 6.30 in the morning till 7.30 at night, we have to have one on. Um, and then anyone that's like in the ER, it's a little bit different for us because we don't already know if they have it or they don't. So they come in the door and we have to say, do we think this person has it? Should I wear extra protection? So um, at one point I was wearing like an N95 all day, 12 hours, um, which I don't do anymore. I probably should. But if Is it's that like required? A, it's not. Okay. Yeah. So if I have like a respiratory symptom type of patient or like a fever, anything like that, that points me to think maybe they do have it, um, I'll wear it. But we also see asymptomatic people that end up testing positive. So I really probably should wear it all the time. What percentage of the patients you guys are getting are either COVID positive, like they know they're COVID positive and they're coming in because they're having breathing issues or they're just suspected because maybe they have a fever or something? Um, It's definitely more suspected than known. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people can manage at home, I would say, in the population that I'm seeing. So um, we just tell them, like, if you get worse, obviously they can come into the ER and then they they can let EMS know, they can let us know. So we don't even bring them through like the main areas of the hospital. There's other doors they can come into. Okay. And do you think most of the people coming in are legitimate cases where they, they actually did need to come into the hospital? Um, most of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that. So we don't test people just for fun. Like if you come in and you're 20 and healthy and you're like, Hey, I, I had a fever. I think I should have a test. Like we're probably not going to test you because that's expensive for us. And we um, actually started testing every admitted patient. So even if they're here for like a hip surgery or something, um, they have to be admitted. So we know where to place them in the hospital to not keep spreading it. I feel um, like, I feel like I, if I even got like a fever or something, I'm the type of person that's <laughs> like, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I searched it on Web- WebMD. I'm pretty sure I have COVID cancer and like diabetes. Yeah. Uh, let's get my ass to the hospital. When I get to the hospital, what do I expect? They're going to be like, hey, we got two sections, left or right. Left is like, <laughs> if you think you're dying from COVID, and right, or the other way is like, if you do, if you think you do or do not. How does that work? Um, I think at other uh, facilities, it is kind of like that. If it's anything, if you want to be tested, if you think you have it or whatever, then there is a different um, like hallway you go down or waiting room you wait in. Uh, but that's not really the case at RER. At one point, we had a tent, like, outside that was for COVID only. 
Um, it didn't get used a lot because that was in March when we didn't have any patients. So then the tent went away, and now we have patients and no tent. <laughs> so, um, I mean, they sense. come in, and then as soon as we identify them at the front desk, like, this is a possible thing, then we either get them in the back or a certain area or whatever the case may be. Interesting. I'm wondering, um, yeah, I'm wondering how other... So, let me ask you, like, does does this have any impact on, like, your motivation to be a nurse? Like, I've heard a few um, anecdotes where, like, nurses are like, I didn't sign up for this shit. Like, fuck this, I'm scared. Either they have, like, an underlying health condition, um, and we can talk about that a little bit after, but, like, has that changed your perspective of being um, on a nurse? Um, no, not at all. And that could be because I'm a new nurse and, you know, it's hard to, whatever. Yeah. I'm all excited You're trying and to bright get your feet eyed wet. and bushy tailed, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's changed. Like I'm still doing my same job. I just have extra equipment on, you know? Um, I don't, some people like don't want to work with COVID at all. I know people who refuse to, they'll leave work instead of like working with COVID patients. So, um, that doesn't really have that effect on me. <clears throat> Sorry, I was changing up the video. Um, so, um, so, so what were we talking about? Yeah. So to go Dark off stuff. of that, um, do you do you think that okay, have you had the feeling that people should be more grateful of your like of you treating them because of ne- you now have that risk of getting this illness that could have lasting long lifelong lifelong impact or do you just think like I'm a nurse that's this is my job this is what I'm supposed to do yeah I'm kind of on the I'm a nurse this is my job side of that um sometimes you get patients that are super grateful like they're just angels and then sometimes you have patients that are the exact opposite um and I think it kind of really just balances out at the end of the day like it just depends on who you get that day and how they treat you but it doesn't make me like or dislike my job in any way have you seen any co-workers that are like afraid because they do have an underlying health issue and they go to like management and they say hey i want to be like transferred or something like that um we haven't had that happen really um i have you know maybe like a couple co-workers that are maybe pregnant or whatever so like we do the best we can to not expose them Um, At the beginning of the pandemic, we had a certain part of the ER and we were like, COVID patients will only go over here. Um, But now that we see so many and so many people may be asymptomatic or whatever it is, they they end up all over the department. So it's hard to um, keep that separated. What do your coworkers think? Do they feel the same way as you? I think overall, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had anyone specifically be like, I don't want to come to work. Like, this is really exhausting. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but we, I work with a lot of really young, motivated, like, super great nurses. So um, I think that they all probably feel similar to I do. Yeah. Awesome. What, uh, so, so let's circle back a little bit to the PPE thing. Um, do you think COVID-19 has changed 
protective gear standards for healthcare workers moving forward, even after we move past COVID? Um, or is this, is it like once we get it, so like hypothetically we get a vaccine mm-hmm. in like say January uh, and they're like, it's so effective and everybody's getting better and like we've, we're beating this thing. And then a couple mm-hmm. months later, it's like, you know, um, the numbers are so low, it's not even, we, we can go back to not wearing masks anymore or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, that that's a possibility. A lot of people don't think that's a possibility. Some people think we're going to be wearing masks forever, but in terms of like healthcare workers, do you think it's going to be um, something that has changed moving forward? Um, I don't really think so. Um, just based in my experience, like um, kind of unrelated, but like I know people, like you said, think we're going to have to wear masks forever. We're never going to like have concerts again and stuff like that. But I think that's really unrealistic. Like it, it is a pandemic and it's very real. Again, please wear your mask. <laughs> but um, like... There are there were still germs and diseases and viruses like ten months ago, so no. you could still get sick. Like my like the flu. Yeah, yeah crazy, crazy how that works. I um, should also mention Miles and I are not doctors yeah. or healthcare professionals in any way. So anything we say, um, don't take that seriously. We're exactly. both fucking idiots. So uh, <laughs> throughout the entire podcast, so throughout the entire will always podcast. be the case. Yeah. Yeah, we can. We have you had anybody come in because they drank bleach? No. Okay. No. <laughs> or any other it. cleaner products? Yeah, maybe they like you know did it hit a Lysol? Um, a I think that's still a no. Thankfully, that's yeah, good. That's yeah, good. and it's probably because we can't get our hands on it. You can't. Mm. Oh, I that's still can't true. buy like Clorox wipes. Right. So what about yeah. um, poisoning from hand sanitizers? They have uh, methanol or whatever. No. No? No. No, no hand sanitizer shots? No. Maybe shotgun and Although, hand sanitizers? Yeah. Okay. It's probably worth a shot. Nah, no, nah, I, pro- I don't recommend <laughs> that. No. Um, I heard uh, from the Fauci that it is now, it's now known that COVID-19 isn't, it's unlikely for, from, for you to get it from like surfaces. Like it's it's much more likely that if you do get it, it's from other people breathing it in the air and you picking that up, breathing that in. I'm gotta I gotta wonder like how many Lysol wipes had to die. Yeah. yeah. Over the last six months. Seriously. So on my plane right here, there were people. You know what they're like to go Lysol wipes, but they were wiping down like the air vents on the ceiling. I don't. Whoa, I don't really yeah. know what that's, that's that true. did, but it was happening. So wiping you know, down the windows of the plane. Uh, yeah. What if they take? The what if they just wipes. went up and taped like some, a Lysol wipe over yeah. the air vent, so it had to go through. It had to shoot through the well, sheet. It's like an air freshener. I yeah. think the best part is after that they both didn't really wear their masks the most of the flight. So nice. Nobody. Yeah. Wait, nobody. No, what? just those specific people. Oh, okay. Wiping gotcha. down the air vents. Oh, yeah. Because the air vents are clean now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay. everything's Because it's like, yeah, why would you need to do that? <laughs> it's like, they're not breathing. So. Was this was this your first time flying since the pandemic? It was, yeah. And um, what did you think about that? I think it was pretty good. Um, so I flew Southwest, and we are not sponsored by Southwest, I don't think. Not my podcast. Not but, um, <laughs> so it's Delta, they, so um, <laughs> it's not awkward. They are not booking uh, middle row seats, so... Um, but that's weird because Southwest doesn't assign seats, right? 
right. Well, so they're booking the amount of seats that are aisle ah, and window. Gotcha. Um, and then if you're in a group of two or three, you can sit in the same row together. Um, but other than that, you're going to be um, window or aisle. And yeah. So that was the case when you when you flew. Was that you you got on, you picked your seat based yes. on your um, position in line. And mm-hmm. then was there anybody that needed to be moved like after like just based on these arrangements um not that i noticed That's at all impressive yeah like because and it was a full flight too i gotta imagine there's there's always a layer of, like uncertainty uncertainty and anxiety that i get when i fly southwest just because i know i don't have a seat yeah. so i'm like okay well now i have to make sure i get there exactly i get a yeah. good spot in line then i get in the plane i'm like okay who's and then you get those people that are in the seats already and they're like sorry i'm actually saving these seats for somebody else i'm like um i don't care they're in the back of the line i'm already on the plane it must be hurting their bottom line too because they sell uh upgrades so that you can get like closer in line right right? yeah yeah because normally you have to you have to check in 24 hours before but even if you check in after that, you can still get into the A group or whatever oh, okay, it is yeah. if you just pay more. That was yeah. my first time with Southwest, honestly. And um, I did not know they did seating that way. Mm-hmm. And it turned out okay. This but time. probably only because it was COVID. Yeah. So. I don't know if it's yeah. better. I mean, for getting COVID for now, would you rather have more space on your sides or like more leg room in front of you? I feel like sides for sure. Those yeah. seats are really close together. Are they? Like I didn't even really want to be that close to Hunter, you know. Mm, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't either. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got. I'm. I'm just. I'm just kind of still impressed that all the chaos that happens in like uh, seating on Southwest that I've kind of experienced that this is going smoothly. Yeah. But it's kind of a relief now that like, like specifically like the Southwest. That you don't have to worry about sitting in the middle now. <laughs> it's, yeah. Unless you're with somebody, I guess, then you're kind of screwed. Um, it's kind of like... Or at when, least one of you are. When we were in Boston, when shit was going down, everything was closed, but then things started opening back up, and the first thing that opened were patios. And it was like beautiful springtime slash starting of summer in Boston, really nice weather, and normally to get an outside seat, it's almost impossible. You have to wait in line, right? So this was like you just made a reservation and you could only sit outside. So you always got a good seat. Yeah. So there's benefits, right? Yeah. Yes. A little bit. So um, going back to uh, the ER uh, situation, the have you have you guys seen a dramatic decrease in like other reasons why people are coming in? Like obviously like traffic is down like on the road. So like a lot, I'm, I'm assuming just my, me being a moron is that a lot, you see a lot of injuries from car accidents, mm-hmm. um, people being stupid on the 4th of July, jumping on the tables head first. Have you seen a lot less injuries of that nature or other natures of, uh, such as that because of COVID? Um, at the beginning? Yes, absolutely. Um, like I said, like we would come to work and there would be no patients in the department for like at least an hour, maybe two. It was like no one was coming in no matter what. Like these people could actually probably be sick at home, but they did not want to come to the hospital. Um, and the same thing, like you said, like statistically, just because less people are out driving and traveling, then we'll see less of those types of patients and accidents. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I would say that definitely happened, but we're pretty much back in full force on that. So it, 
are you you said that they're asking you to work more hours so are you seeing more patients than you were before um yes um also so our er um the we have a new section and it's the new part is 25 beds and it's all rooms with doors that close Hmm. and the old er was like curtain rooms so there wasn't a a window, a wall, a door. Mm -hmm. So we don't work out of those rooms now because if for some reason somebody COVID positive got in that area, then who knows who we're exposing from just having a curtain. So we are working out of what we have, the 25 beds, and um, we're definitely seeing a ton of patients. Yeah. And are they mostly COVID related or is it kind of like the people who were coming before are back now plus now more COVID patients. Yeah. The people who were coming before. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we did see an increase of COVID patients, but we're, it's not like the whole department is COVID. Yeah. So hmm. I heard a, an ad the other day on Spotify, I think it was for a flu shot at CVS or Walgreens or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And nice. I thought it was kind of funny cause I was like, you don't need flu shots yeah. anymore. <laughs> Um, do you see, have you guys seen or heard of anybody coming back who was originally admitted and had COVID mm-hmm. and then like was, I guess, sent home at some point and is now coming back again, COVID positive? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know all the details, obviously, um, but Like, I do have patients who were like, oh, I was positive, like, four weeks ago. Like, what do you mean I'm positive today? So I don't know if that's a test thing, if the virus is lasting. You know, the people are like, I've been asymptomatic. I don't have any symptoms. I don't feel bad. Um, And then they test positive. So then in that case, if they're admitted, it kind of sucks because they're going to a COVID unit. So if it was for some reason a false positive or something like that, which we have no way to know then they're kind of, like, in a pickle, in my opinion. But hmm. Are those patients, do you think those patients are getting exposed to COVID? Well, no. So all the rooms are private. Okay. So they're in their own room. It's not like they're sharing, like, the area with other people. It's just um, a separate unit and with certain nurses. So... What goes into cleaning these rooms? Do you know anything about that? Like after somebody Um, leaves, that's COVID positive? So we have um, the environmental services team come and clean every room. And it's a thorough process. It takes like 30 minutes to clean an ER room, which is not that big. So um, I can't tell you all of it. I do think... It's it's bleach, I think, that they use. Lysol. That's where all the Lysol wipes are. That's where all the Lysol wipes are. Oh, man. We're actually, like, rationing those in the hospital, too. So. Are you afraid of getting, like, chemical poisoning or cancer or something from breathing in all of these? Yeah, does uh, it smell, like, a little strong now that they do it so... Or is that a Well, a like, once it, once it dries, it doesn't smell that bad. And then we put, like, the sheets and stuff on, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, I always imagine, like, I always want to trust, like, restaurateurs or, I don't know, retail owners or management that, like, they're actually are cleaning like like they're supposed to or they state they are. Right. But you got to imagine, like, some of these people aren't doing it, like, Well, gosh, I really hope that's not the case, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, in hospitals, I, I do believe that they are. 
like I, yeah. I do think yeah I would say protocols. from my experience we absolutely yeah. are yeah but, but I, I'm I'm just thinking outside where nobody's policing these people like right. you open a, you open back up your bar or your restaurant and it's like on the honor system at that point yeah. um which you know it's it's fine if because well I feel like especially now that we know that it's not easily transmissible via surfaces mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I think maybe even the guidelines might be changed moving forward. Um, I, I haven't seen anything or heard anything about that, but I'd imagine that that's going to change the way we interact with things, um, you know, less, less Lysol wipes and such. Yeah. Do you, um, so this is kind of like unrelated, but um, still in the healthcare sphere of things. Um, I read something about a really high demand in the coming decade for nurses and the influx of nurses not going to it's not going to meet that demand. I don't know if you know anything about that and a lot of people want to use technology like robots or something of the sorts to kind of bridge the gap between the demand that we're going to see for nurses um because being a nurse is kind of like a um, selfless profession, right? You're like taking care of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people like almost like in the same thing, uh, same vein of things like teachers, like they don't want to do that because it's hard work. You maybe don't feel like you get paid enough mm-hmm. and you're like literally taking care of people for a living. Um, do you see that as a possibility meaning do you see like robots or technology coming into the workplace and doing some of the things some of the medial tasks or some of the tedious tasks that you may do um i would say yes and no i think there are positive ways we could use technology um like covid we started using a lot of like telehealth things um and i think that's really great for a lot of people but i don't personally think that like artificial intelligence could really do that or robots um just because you know even like taking vital signs on someone seems like such a simple thing like we use a machine to do it anyways but this is like the nursing school in me but like you have to like see the patient like the patient could the numbers could look fine and they they look awful like something is wrong so that's something that like a robot or someone would not know so, um, I don't know. I don't really think that's a, that's a thing. So maybe slowly. Yeah. Certain things. Yeah. Like the telehealth stuff. Yeah. I also, I don't know. I feel like in some places, maybe it was the lack of beds that was preventing or I guess causing the lockdowns. Like that's what my opinion was. It was like, we don't want to, we don't have enough beds to, to put sick people in. So True. let's lock the the shit down and maybe it'll kind of plateau and go down and then we'll have more beds and we can unlock things i just got to think like how do we effectively scale the healthcare system to deal with a pandemic that's like like even worse than this because this Mm -hmm. in comparison i mean we all thought this was going to be a lot worse than it actually kind of was in my in my opinion you know um i think in the future, if there is another pandemic that's twice or three times or even ten times more deadly, how are we going to be able to scale the healthcare 
pro- providing to, to, to be able to take care of the amount of people that get sick. And I only, I think maybe technology could be that. I mean, we're not going to make more nurses overnight. Right. You know, it takes, like, it's a very, like, niche. It's a very uh, nuanced profession that you have to be trained to do. You have years of training. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, how much training goes into becoming a nurse? Um, so a lot. I actually got my degree. I got a BSN in 18 months. So um, that's pretty short. For a bachelor's degree, but it was accelerated, so I took like five to six classes every twelve weeks. So, but um, regular nursing school, I think, is like one and a half to two years for an associate's. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of time and effort, and um, it it yeah, it's hard. But mm-hmm. also at the same time, there were nurses during the beginning of the pandemic that were out of jobs because they worked in offices or different areas that are absolutely qualified to work in a hospital setting. So, I mean, at some point that might be an option um, to help staff and um, keep those communities that are being hit hard. I guess then it becomes a space thing. It's like, where are you putting the patients? Yeah. And how yeah. are you treating them with the equipment that you don't have or whatever? Yeah, so. yeah I, heard, I heard of like um, hotels like opening up their rooms. Oh. I think that's a really good solution yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like we have unlimited hotels either, and I'm sure we do need to keep some hotels open, you know, um, for essential purposes. But it seemed like that was a really good solution. Yeah, that's a pretty mm-hmm. good idea. Um, I don't know that I heard of that one, but you're talking about for patients. Yeah, because I know in Boston, I don't think they did it for patients. It, you might have been able to, but I know they actually closed all of the hotels. Airbnbs, things like that. You couldn't rent anything. Right, yeah. They did that in Florida, yeah. too. Oh, did for they? For a little okay. bit. Yeah. yeah. So that was, I think, number one, to stop people from traveling. But number two, it was so that there would be rooms and not expensive rooms for healthcare workers who were coming to help right. in the pandemic. Yeah. Do you see, um, like, when patients are coming in, are they always wearing a mask? Um, not always, no. Um, we do patients have to wear a mask at all times if they're like if they're in their room then they don't but if they're in any common area they have to wear a mask um we do provide masks to all patients because um so even ems has a bunch of masks that were made i think they were actually donated from like the jail or something they made a bunch of handmade masks the inmates so ems has them and every patient gets a mask um and then we have them as well to provide to like people coming in through triage Mm-hmm. Um, but people obviously don't like wearing masks, especially in Florida. So, um, it's, it's definitely a challenge. It's a, nice. it's an uphill battle. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think Florida people, Florida people, Florida. I love how we're generali- generalizing <laughs> hardcore right now. Florida Cause man. I know plenty of people from Florida that wear masks. Yeah. Good yeah. People, yourself. But I do know a few people that were very against wearing a mask. For whatever reason. Yeah, I, I can't come up with a good reason. So I have no idea. Your guess is as good as mine on that one. I knew a person that was like, I'm not wearing a mask. Fuck this shit. And then got COVID-19. <laughs> and then was like, I'm wearing a mask. I'm going to wear the mask. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and a lot of people were thought were thinking like, oh, once once I already get it, like, do I have to wear a mask? Because like... 
I'm not going to get it again. But then there was like, oh, we could get it again. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's like a different like strain of yeah. the, the mutation it, of the disease. And it's like if like one person doesn't wear a mask, it's not helpful. Like everyone has to wear a mask, right? Right. Yeah. Well, it's also just people. like people in kindergarten. Like if one person doesn't do it or they do something differently, then everyone's like, oh, well, I can do that too. So yeah, exactly. it's, you know, like a chain effect with things like that. Right. So. It, and uh, that's true. Like when we, when we were in Boston, it like people just wore masks everywhere, and so we did. Yeah. Even though maybe we didn't feel like we needed to, we still just did it because every literally everyone else is doing it everywhere all the time. Then when we came here, we were like, oh okay, we can like walk on the street by ourselves without a mask on. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, so we should do that. And then uh, I think in Florida, it's probably like people. I, I wonder if it was because it wasn't bad there. Right, and people were like, "This isn't a real thing." What, Florida? Yeah, at first. Yeah, at first. Yeah, at first yeah. It and so people bad. were like, "You know, it's not like maybe it is a hoax. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just overblown." I don't know any sick people, and so no one's like ever really just wore a mask, and it never really became a, a big thing until they mandated some stuff. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and it's still not like followed at all. Hmm. So I heard in Disney Springs, which is like the shopping like retail thing in Orlando. Um, I think it was, what was it used to called? Uh, it, downtown, Disney. downtown Disney. Yeah. I heard when they opened that back up, like, I guess they opened it up. First off, have you been to Disney since this thing? Is, no. So I had back? actually bought a Disney pass literally in February oh, okay. and then COVID happened. <laughs> did you get So I did. Hell oh. yeah, I did. Nice. I, no way. Wouldn't that be shitty if Disney's like, nah, yeah. yeah. Nope. I thought that was going to happen. <laughs> you can I was still so come. Um, but yeah, they let me cancel my pass. So crisis averted. That's good. Those yeah. things are expensive. Yeah. Um, but I do know that people are going. People are just like, yeah. it is what I mean, it is. Are they yeah. doing it? I mean, I assume they're doing a capacity thing. Like 50% yeah. And you have to like reserve the day you're going to go or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to wear your mask. I think they're doing temperature checks, but like. That's how I heard uh, ski resorts are going to do it. Like, yeah. if you want, like, they're going to have a set number of reservations for the day. If you're a pass holder, you get f- first access to a reservation. Right. And then once those are all through, then they open up the rest of the reservations to the general public. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just saw an article the other day saying how they were like, let's see if Vail makes it. <laughs> that was the headline yeah let's just see if they pull this yeah, yeah. this shit off should be kind of interesting hopefully uh yeah hopefully it works out and i think they have an incredible amount of debt because they're always having to um invest in the mountain like they have uh, these intru- like million dollar um systems that make and blow snow onto the mountain mm-hmm. um because like global warming, <laughs> and That's not we right. may have years where we don't get a lot of snow, right. and they still got to pay their debt down. Mm-hmm. Um, and passholder revenue isn't enough to cover all that. Yeah, so right. you got to imagine like is something like a seventy percent or like a fifty percent capacity going to break them even? Yeah, at I mean some point? the the government's got to help them out, right? It's a incredibly large tourist attraction yeah people come from the entire u.s and some some people outside of the u.s just mm-hmm. to come and ski snowboard do winter sports colorado's not gonna let that fall apart yeah i don't know 
That's a good question. Is the government going to just fork over money? Just, like, I feel like it's like <laughs> some, be, some of the cities that they, they reside in, it's like Aspen and Vail, right. are very like rich, right. bougie towns. <laughs> and it doesn't look good when Uncle Sam is forking up billions of dollars to save Aspen <laughs> from going under. But if all that tourism is bringing in a bunch of tax money, then... That's true. You know, probably it would be like tax credits and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, some sneaky way of getting funding out. Yeah, and they won't tell anyone. No. <laughs> we'll just stop seeing articles. Will Vail make it? Yeah, it'd be like, ah, they're going to make it just, just A-OK. So Disney Springs, there was a loophole. So you can. it's a lot of just walking around. Like, mm-hmm. that's what people do. They don't actually buy shit. Yeah, unless I heard differently. <laughs> um, they were allowing people to, first off, you had to wear a mask, obviously mandated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you didn't have to wear a mask if you were carrying a cup. Uh, yeah, yeah. So people, so people, Floridians and other people probably don't I want to generalize. Feel attacked. <laughs> we're just carrying around empty cups so no, they didn't have to wear a mask, and yeah. it's just like, dude, come on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so funny. I guess they got rid of that loophole. Like oh, that's three probably weeks good. after because they got called out hardcore. It was like, yeah, what are you doing? This is not, huh. yeah. People get so angry, and I understand it, like mandating masks, okay, but then they don't wear masks when they're not mandated to. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, well, like, it's like, I'll make that choice, but you don't. But, yeah. you, but you don't wear one. Yeah. <laughs> you pay, you you pay your taxes, right? You pay your car registration fees. Right. You wear a seatbelt when you drive. Yeah, you you do all these things that the government and your local governments tell you to do. Mm-hmm. You do one more thing's not gonna kill you, and you can. I can't. I hate it when people tell me I just can't breathe when I wear it. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking bullshit. Sometimes I forget I have it on. I guess that's sure. just me. It's a personal thing, but like, I don't know. And you may feel differently. Yeah, I don't know. At first, it sucked a lot because I was wearing it for like 12 hours straight. And I swear to God, I would take that thing off after like at 7 p.m. And like the cold air on my face, it's better than like taking your bra off. (laughs) Like it was the best thing I've ever experienced. It was a good, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, (laughs) in a roundabout kind of way, I guess. (laughs) At some point, did you, did you like forget you had, I mean, yeah. yeah, did you forget you were wearing it? I mean, yeah, yeah. for sure. I but feel like that's... Do you, do you ever walk out the door to go to work and you're like, shit, I forgot my mask? Um, no, because I have 17,000 masks in my car. In your car, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, a lot of masks. Yeah. yeah. How did yeah. you, how do you, to that number? I had to get a bigger car. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wow. It's not it's big yeah, financial your little, impact. Your little Hyundai Civic's not cutting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not yeah. COVID nurse nice. ready. So I have a real question. I mean, they're all real questions, serious question. Are you afraid? Of? Like, COVID? COVID, COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I would say not really. So, um, I know that otherwise healthy people can get sick and very sick from it, um, but I, I guess, don't, I don't know. I don't really, I've been doing this for like six months now. Yeah. Um, we're wearing the PPE we need to be wearing, um, and I'm I'm not really overtly concerned about. Were it. you afraid at first? Um, 
Because I remember... Well, that's kind of a hard question, too, because at first we didn't have any COVID-positive patients. Right, yeah. But um, I think when it picked up, I wouldn't say I was afraid of getting the virus, but I was definitely way more cautious. So that's the point in time when I was wearing an N95 12 days or mm-hmm. 12 hours a day. Yeah. So like I, my face was literally like rubbing raw on my nose, mm-hmm. but I was like, I am wearing this thing because everyone has COVID right now. Yeah. So I remember I took some videos back in March, I think February, March, April, and, uh, like rewatching them now. It's, it was a kind of a, totally different mindset for me I mean I was never really really afraid for my life or anything right I was I was actually pretty nervous for because there was a lot of things talking about like what it can do to your lungs even when you're young I think it's there's still some stuff about that um so it's still scary for sure but uh but yeah I mean for like to me it was like incredibly scary at first I was worried about our parents yeah and that's yeah that was the biggest thing the hardest part is like whoever you see outside of work, like then that's like kind of concerning, you know, like if I need to go pick up something from my mom's house, like, Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. So, um, it was mostly concerning for exposing other people because I was a high risk person. Right. So, um, for a long time at the beginning, we didn't do anything. We went to work and we sat at home and I didn't see my family. I didn't like, there was just no in between. Yeah. Do you live close to your family? Um, I live like 25 minutes away from them. Yeah. yeah pretty close. Yeah. So yeah, you, you took a break from interaction with them. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Are they high risk? Or um, just yeah. Older? Well, um, they're not really high risk. They're pretty healthy, but, um, I have like a nine year old sister. I have a grandmother who lives next door to them. So they're oh. interacting all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, on the other side of things, like my whole family has been fortunate enough to be working through the whole thing. So like my mom works at the hospital as well. My dad, um, is, he works in the tree business. So, I mean, he's been essential in working, which means he's exposed to some extent. So the tree business, um, he like cuts down trees. I don't know. That was weird. <laughs> he's an arborist. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> he's in the tree, the tree business. business. If you know what I mean. Like, sells them, cuts them, yeah. smokes them. Like, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah. So it seems it seems like the family interaction environment that you had was uh, could potentially put them at risks. Right. You know? And were they afraid since they're you were a nurse and had they like been kind of like yeah yeah they were um but also my mom is like a giant softie so she was like i miss you like please come over and see us it's totally fine at one point where they like we'll just talk through the door yeah (laughs) (laughs) just like morse code on the window yeah yeah yeah. hold up signs yeah Yeah. (laughs) call each other hey man I could do that from 25 minutes away in the comfort of my home though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we have FaceTime and stuff now, phone, like phones, texting, everyone has a phone. And so if this was 50 years ago, this would really suck not seeing your family Yeah, it would be really bad. But honestly, the pandemic kind of made, like I talked to probably you guys more when the pandemic started because we were like, yes, we'll FaceTime all the time. Like we're all lonely. Yeah, we're all, Um, yeah, we're all, yeah. Like, friends that I didn't talk to as much, but um, there was a pandemic happening, so we would just FaceTime for fun, so. 
I can't imagine how lonely it would be being COVID positive in a hospital without your phone or like without face, like FaceTime, video chat, text, even text messages. Like a couple decades ago, none of that was possible. Mm -hmm. Right. If if they had that, like you would be like, I can't imagine being so lonely in the hospital bed thinking you're going, you're like hours from dying Yeah. without anybody allowed to see you except the nurse and the doctor. And that, that makes makes a lot more pressure on you. Even, even as like, even if you have a phone, I guess like FaceTime is a thing and whatever, but it's not the same. Yeah. And like this, the social social isolation of it is is very um, taxing on people. I think even if you're healthy and you go home, if you have to sit in a room by yourself for 14 days, like even scrolling on Facebook or TikTok or like whatever, you you're not talking to people, you're not with people, and it's it's really not great. Yeah, even for. Uh, people who don't have COVID, like our brother, his girlfriend had to go to the hospital. She was having some medical issues and right. he couldn't go with her. And so it was just like, I'll hear from you when I do. Yeah. And then she went and she had some surgery and stuff. And like, he hasn't been able to be with her because it's, it's yeah. just not safe. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, is that recent? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we started having visitors again. Um, it's been a while now and they even when our numbers started increasing like crazy they kept visitors because it was just patient satisfaction um, oh right so that is really important for us right thing. that's how we make money so yeah. um we have visitors Are you saying we that have money talks louder than absolutely not i'm saying concerns? that <laughs> what that's no. crazy no hospital next question go no <laughs> Profits over health? Come on. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> did you have to... So there was a point when there was no visitors. Correct. Were, were you have, did you have any like very disgruntled yes. family members that you yes. were like, ma'am, this is just my fucking job. Like, I'm not here to like yeah. disappoint you. I'm here to protect you. Yeah, so it still happens. So we can have one visitor, right? And the okay. one visitor can come for the duration of the hospital stay. If you're in the hospital for seven days, that one person can come anytime they want to. Well, not anytime, but whatever. Close enough. Right. Um, And so I had a patient the other day who was in a car accident and she was pretty okay. She was, she she made it. Um, (laughs) She like was not, she was just there for like scans and diagnostics and whatever and make sure that you're okay. And, She ended up going home that day, you know, type of deal. And the daughter came and she was the visitor. And the daughter was like, okay, I'm going to go get so-and-so. And And I was like, oh, like, we actually can't do that. We have a one visitor rule. Like, you'll have to be the only person that comes. And she was, like, arguing with me. And she was like, even though she's a first responder? And I was like, yes. (laughs) That's just the rule. That's just what it is. You don't get any special Yeah, no, no. Like, even we have had, like, um, you know, like hospital employees families or whatever like you still have to follow the rules just because you work here you know like that's just how it works and people people who are employees respect that but that woman and i'm sure there have been others um were very dissatisfied with that so it's <laughs> crazy i'm sure her profits right so, right. Yeah, so they're not coming back to that hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're going to the one down the street there's got to be a ton, yeah. There's got to be a ton of uh, places to work in terms of ER in the villages area. 
um, of Florida, right? Or well, no? it's getting more. So um, our hospital is, there's two of us. I don't work in the villages. I work in a surrounding town, but um, we're really close. In the villages, people don't care, so they'll just come to our hospital instead. Nice. Um, and then there's a couple standalone, like, ERs and stuff popping up, too. Um, so that takes a lot of pressure off of um, the hospitals as well. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish public health officials would tell the public to do or maybe something that you wish healthcare workers did to add a layer of either like protection or some kind of tool that would mitigate COVID-19 that they're currently not doing that they should just based on your experience. Wear your mask. Um, oh, no, really. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have an answer for that question. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough question. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah. It's kind of a Hail Mary. It's yeah. so complex. You don't have the, you don't have the answers. I don't have the everything. cure. I don't have the answers. Um, I thought I, you were a nurse. I am sometimes a nurse, yes. Were you afraid of flying before? No. No. Are you more or less afraid now that you flew? Um, I guess less. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, most everyone was very compliant with the mask thing. Um, social distancing was pretty adequate, I would say. Um, even through like the boarding process and sitting at the gate waiting and all of the um, things in between through the lines of security, everyone was very um, not 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 knowledgeable, respectful of other people's space. Um, so I didn't really have a problem with the process at all. Yeah, I've flown about six times now. Yeah, this has been a blessing for you because you get sick every time you fly. It's so weird. Yeah, I think it's just Vegas. It might be just True. Vegas because, well, I mean, I think I think it might be a couple of things, but ultimately, the mo- I I flew once and I was pretty nervous about it, and then I flew again, and I was like, I think I got this flying thing handled. Now I'm like, I'd fly in it in a heartbeat. Yeah. I still haven't flown since then, which I normally fly a lot for my job. Mm-hmm. But do you think all, that's gonna? Do you think think your job's gonna have work trips in twenty twenty one? They have some planned. Like what's um, the soonest one they March. have planned? March. March yeah. So they canceled everything this year because um, we were. I would have. So what is it now? about September. Mm-hmm. So I would have had one this month and then in December and uh, both of those were canceled. And then most of the ones that were planned this year, they were moved to next year because the hotels, a lot of times it wasn't like, yeah, you could just cancel your big ass reservation. Right, you can yeah. move it to next year. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. It might be another thing where they're like, please, can we move it again later in the year? And, yeah. and they let them. Otherwise, we'll, I don't know. I mean, may not even be able to get into the EU. Yeah, it's so weird. I feel like even when you're allowed to travel again internationally, it's like <laughs> Americans are going to have such a bad rep. Yeah. They're going to be like, not, you're going to like, oh, you're American? Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Like, 
America had, I think it, I, I saw a stat, it was like America shares 4% of the world's population and 20% of the world's COVID deaths. Yep. And you know the other <laughs> countries, Brazil and India? Yeah. It's like, I, I thought we were better than this shit. I'm not saying like, you know, I'm a nationalist or like I think we're better than everybody else, but. We should have very good like hygiene, healthcare, and. Right. Uh, like. We have the tools of intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know there's other factors like population density and stuff like that sure. that affect the spread of the disease. And it's mm-hmm. not fair in its entirety to blame America. You know, we're, we are such a different culture. We are such a different country than other But it's it's pretty startling when you do look at those those numbers. It's like, okay, what, what did we do? Yeah. It's because we got the freedom yeah, but the other thing is, it's like, can you compare numbers one to one as well? I mean, maybe there's just more asymptomatic people in Europe or Asia or whatever it is, or maybe people just don't go to the hospitals or to the doctors as much in other countries, right, so they yeah. don't get tested as yeah. much. You know, not yeah. as much access. Or, or our tests are just bad, or their tests are bad, or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah. There's so much unknown about yeah. this that like. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. not like a there's not like a through line or a baseline that we've all established mm-hmm. when it comes right. to reporting deaths, I think globally. Right. Like the way that China is reporting deaths may be different than the way we are, than right. the way Germany is, and the mm-hmm. way Japan is. Well, it was um, like like in Russia, I think they said it was like they only counted it if like the person got sick and died because they got COVID. But then like mm-hmm. in the US, I think it's like if you died and they thought you had COVID or they tested you and you had COVID, then it's a, like a COVID death. Yeah. That's mm. kind of does. Interesting. Yeah. Erica, is there anything else that you want to say or you think um, we haven't talked about thus far? Um, no. Have you enjoyed your, t- your time in Colorado so far? I have. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. The weather is incredible. I would recommend it for sure. Yeah. yeah. It nice. did get a little rainy today, but I think we need it because all these these wildfires. Yeah. Kind of yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. It's <laughs> still st- still less humid than a normal day in Florida. Oh my right? gosh! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so much cooler. Like yeah. I I have no complaints. It's going to be weird getting off the plane in um, Florida. Yeah, we've already talked about how much we're dreading it. Yeah. Did you bring an extra like... outfit for the airport so like when you walk out and you get in your your car Uber or whatever you like change while you're in there from getting drenched yeah. in the humidity it's a thing it is I walk off the plane I'm like I, it, you can feel yeah. the dense air it's incredible when you take out the trash I used to sweat like taking out the trash <laughs> yeah. it's so weird I still do this is annoying yeah. I'm just a sweaty guy it's gross and your trash is in your garage you yeah. <laughs> it's a five foot walk I don't know man <laughs> sweaty guy I'm like a faucet anyway Awesome. Well, I think we'll wrap this up if if you guys are good with that. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was, it was a good super time. great. Thanks for listening, friends. Catch us next time when we have our next guest on, whenever that is. <laughs> Adios. Okay.